Welcome, welcome, welcome back to the island. This week, we flew in a very special guest. I'm excited about this one, y'all. <laughs> y'all have no idea. This week, the amazing, the terrific, the beautiful, Come on, lovely me up, me up. Tyler, <laughs> our first LPC of the More Than Missile Project is here. Y'all, she was the first person, like licensed person to believe in us. And I just want to take a quick moment to first say thank you. Man. You had met us and you took a meeting and you took a chance on us. And that literally made me feel so good and made me feel like I had something worth doing. Yeah. So thank you for that. Yeah, of course. But Tyler. What's poppin'? You just, your flight just landed here on the island. On the island. We got you a drink, Miss Girl. Hey. <laughs> Tell the people who you are, what you do, and how you got here. Okay, wow. First of all, I am... No, I'm kidding. Um, so, like you said, I am Tyler Turner, LPC, which is Licensed Professional Counselor. Um, I have been licensed fully, because there are levels to it, right? Um, now for almost a little over, a little under a year. Okay. Um, and so what I do currently is I am in private practice. I started my own private practice called Prodigy Wellness. Yes, ma'am. Um, back in October. Um, I took that full-time officially in December. Um, and so what that looks like for me is working with clients, specifically minority, especially people, um, black men right now. I have quite a few black men that I'm working with um, to work through trauma, right? And when I talk about trauma, I don't specifically mean like the PTSD. Right. Like when people think about trauma, they think about war or they think about, you know, violence to some extent, right? right. But the work I'm doing with a lot of them involves just like childhood trauma, you know, um, not being heard as a little boy and now growing up as a silenced man. Um, or being in an emotionally abusive, emotionally unavailable relationship with a woman who made him feel like he was less than a man. Um, the oh, big one. On. Um, and so, yeah, that's what I do right now. Outside of that, I do a whole bunch of other stuff. Girl. <laughs> a whole bunch of other stuff. But for the sake of today. Let me tell y'all, Miss Girl is booked, blessed, and busy, okay? Um, when I first started with her, you know, it was already hard enough to get in touch with Miss Tyler because, like I said, she's booked, blessed, and busy. <laughs> but now, baby, let me just tell y'all, we've had this thing scheduled since December because <laughs> you got to be on her schedule. Don't do me like that. <laughs> but, no, in the most beautiful way possible, I watch yeah. you and I see everything you're doing um, with just so many different organizations. Tyler works very closely with a lot of organizations, and I think that's one of, you know, I know that's one of the main things I love about her and you specifically is because like you're doing this for the right reasons it's never it's never about a check everybody who knows us knows our main thing is people over profit right we are not here to collect money from you that's not what we want to do we want to help give you wellness of your mind we want to yeah. give you that renewal of the mind and maintaining the mind I yeah. that's one of the first things you said you know what my my work, I believe, heavily involves destigmatizing mental health. Right. And when I think about that, um, what that looks like in a lot of ways, um, different things, but especially making sure that it is accessible to our people, right? For years and years and years on end, people of color 
didn't think they had the right, let alone the ability to afford or have access to certain services. And so the best way I could um, make sure that while I'm also getting paid, because this is my profession, the best way that I could make sure that I was opening up myself and making me accessible to these people Mm -hmm. was by partnering with these different companies, right? So the More Than Mental Project, Hear My Cry Foundation, Cut Different, you know, all the people, all these nonprofits who want to make mental health accessible. Let me show you exactly how, right? Like, let's not necessarily just have a workshop. Cover these sessions for these people so that they don't have to worry about, do I pay this bill or do I go to therapy? Correct. You know, let's give them both. Right. Let's make it accessible. Um, And so when it comes to destigmatizing mental health, it was just a no-brainer for me to partner with everybody. And I'm so glad you said that because I was just on the phone with the founder of Cut Different and the CEO. Shout out. We love you so much. Thank you for everything you do for us. But that's one of the main things we talked about is the fact that although, yes, we are a nonprofit, like you said, we still, we have to live. These bills are not going to stop. The stress of bills are not going to stop. Just because you have them, I have them too. We. We all have them. Collectively. I'm not trying to sit here and upcharge you for this service because I just want all your money and I just want to take everything. That is what's worth my time and I still have to operate as a business. And as much as I can give to you, I'm going to. But there has to be exchange as well. And always, like I said, it's people over profit. But at the end of the day, there has to come a balance. Right. But I love what you do with that balance. You're like, yes, I'm a professional, but let me see how I can use my professional ways to help people and partner and get somebody else to maybe cover your services. And that's exactly what we're here for. We raise money to pay people like Tyler and pay people to go, hey, we have this person. They need help. We're going to pay you. You're going to help them out. Connection. Everybody everybody wins. They get the service. We help provide that. Mm -hmm. You get to help somebody and still get paid and live. Right. It's (laughs) a win-win. It's a (laughs) win-win. Yeah. So I'm, like I said, from day one, Tyler has been so, so amazing. And I absolutely adore you and everything you do. So you talked about Mm destigmatizing. And so when you're going in, like, what does that look like? Like how, like you have come up to this new person, all they've ever known their whole life is, people like me don't get mental health services. We don't have that luxury. Mm -hmm. You got a roof over your head, food on the table. You good. You good. Mm -hmm. Hush. You need to be strong. You you black man, you don't cry. How, like first conversation, like how do you, let's break this ice. Let's, let's, let's break the glass and get it. Yeah. So destigmatizing these things start long before you sit in my office, right? Because I got to get you to understand and believe in what I'm doing before you can come to me and lower those guards, right? And mm-hmm. so for me, it starts off with just normalizing mental health, which means having conversations about it, right? So social media platforms, let me talk about these things. Let me help you understand that what you're experiencing is common not only within you and your friend group, but lots of people, right? Yes. Like helping people understand the statistics such as one in four people struggle with a mental illness, yes. right? One in four. So it's one, two, three, five people in here. At least one of us got something going on. Wow. wow, don't walk away now. Yeah. Come back, come back, you're in the room. You know, at least one of us is struggling in some capacity, whether right. it be lower on the scale or higher on the scale and more mm-hmm. difficult. But just starting with talking about what it looks like, right? I mm-hmm. have a client now who 
said that they needed help, but they didn't even know what they needed help with. And I'm like, okay, let me help you to identify what it is that you're actually experiencing, right? You deciding that you can't show up to these different places or walk into these different rooms, that's not healthy. That's Mm -hmm. anxiety, you Uh know? And so now you're understanding that, oh, I fall under the category of the people who have anxiety. Oh, I can get help now. Right, so helping people to understand and identify what it is that they're going through by normalizing it in conversation yeah. allows for a person to actually get the help that they're looking for. So, and I love that so much. And let's take a moment to talk about that, that normalize. Mm-hmm. Let's, full disclaimer for everyone listening, normalize means not saying, hey, let's normalize this. It's doing it. So if you want to normalize mental health, talk about mental health. Totally. You want to normalize like having these having gay people around you, have more gay people around you. Don't say, let's normalize it and make it a whole thing. And just let that be it. Do it. Just the action behind it. You have to do what it. What work are you doing? Hello. Yeah. And people are always like, oh, normalize da 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 da. In order to normalize it, you have to do it. Exactly. How often do you do this? That you're telling people to normalize it. Yeah, because normalize is a verb, right? Like it's action. Correct. And so you have to actually be doing something in order for that word to come to life. Mm-hmm. Simple as that. Hello. And people don't realize without that action, nothing's going to happen. I can sit here and be like, oh, I'm going to go to therapy. But if I don't actually do it, like I didn't take the action. Yeah, no, you just, you know, you are romanticizing the idea. Correct. And that's something that a lot of people do as well, right? Like Especially they, in this day and age with social media. For sure. Social media is like prime breeding ground for romanticizing things. A life uh, <laughs> idea yeah. of just, oh my God, I want to be this and this and this. Like, I can't wait till I get my stuff together. That's the main one you hear, right? But when you going to do that? When I get my stuff together, it's over for y'all. What you doing to get your stuff together? Baby. How you doing that? Hey. You've been getting your stuff together for a while. And disclaimer, you'll always be getting your stuff together, y'all. Yeah. Let's be real. That's a fact. That's a fact. Um, I think, you know, just on the the same lines of romanticizing um, things on social media, right? People romanticize the process of healing. Mm -hmm. Um, People want it to be a glamorous thing. People want it to look like, oh, I went to therapy for four weeks and all of a sudden I am separate from my trauma i am in healthy relationships i am fixed i am healed and healing as long as you are alive is not something that ends in ed it's a continuous process right so like as long as you're growing you are healing from something because you encounter something new in each stage of your life that you have to learn to work through correct um but healing is messy as hell (laughs) Say it again. Healing Say it again. is messy as hell. It's not pretty. It's not glamorous. You're doing a work, right? We're meeting your issues head on. I'm looking your demons in the eye. We're looking. We're we're. It's you and your demons, and the demons have already won a few times. So they got hands. They got hands. <laughs> your demons got hands, and so healing is not this glamorous, pretty, wrapped up tied up in a beautiful bow thing um and so therapy therefore is not this glamorous pretty wrapped up tied up in a bow thing mm. therapy can be messy there will be moments where you're smiling and laughing with your therapist but there will be moments where you're crying and you got snot running down your face because they just you feel like they just came for you yeah because that's the one i hear the most oh I, I, i'm not going back to my therapist well why Mm-mm, she was. Mm-mm. She told me X, Y, and Z. She came for me. She needed to. 
I want my therapist to come for me. I'm going to tap you on your shoulder all the time. Hey, but did you look at this? And y'all, let me tell y'all, she will. Day one, she didn't and know no me. And no shame about it. None. She, day one, she did not know me. Nope. She said, sir, let's talk about it. What are we doing? I said, oh, what are we not going to do? What, but what was that? What was it a couple weeks ago after I met you? Mm-hmm. Called you and said, hey, I need you. Read me. <laughs> One more time. <laughs> One more time, because I'm not, I'm not here. For the demons in the back. <laughs> Baby. And what did she start doing? Okay, page one. Yeah, yeah. And read. Because but, that's when you're growing, right? Like, correct. that's when, when you can see where the problem is, you can now address it. Yeah. You can't fight something you can't see. And my role as a therapist is to help you to see these things. You literally can't fight what you can't see. You swinging in the dark. You kicking your own ass, really. <laughs> you whooping yourself. You really whooping yourself. Little do you know. Ain't nothing even there. There's nothing even there. It's in the corner and you're swinging over here. Let's turn on the lights. Let's open your eyes. Let's move some things aside, right? Let's Mm. move some of the pretty things aside. Let's Mm -hmm. take the alcohol out the equation. Let's take the relationship out of the equation. And now you only have you and you can only sit with you. But that's when you can grow, right? Mm. Yes. And that's the beautiful part, right? That's the beautiful part in all the mess is like, oh, I actually am capable of growing. I am capable of dealing with these things. I'm not out of control. So healing is messy as hell, but it's rewarding. Very. Because y'all know what I love to do, transparency moment, because here we love to live humble, open, and transparent. Back in August, (laughs) oh, good God. I went through one of the lowest moments of my life. Messy, but I sat with myself. And in that time, I made a lot of decisions that (laughs) a lot of people were like, hey, chill out, let's not do that. A lot of alcohol, and there was a lot of moments where I started closing down the More Than Mental Project. I, step by step, I started calling people, like, we're not doing this anymore. I don't know what y'all are doing. Good luck. Like, go figure out something else with your life, because I'm not going to do this. And everybody's like, hey, take a beat. Take a moment. Take, and I'm like, no, I'm done. I'm done. I'm so mad. But I sat with myself, and I set myself August, September, October. I finally started slowly coming out. But I was still kind of sitting with myself. October, uh, October November, December. I started really coming to most beautiful thing. I stepped into a whole new life. I stepped into a whole new life. And that's not to say it's easy. I still cry. No, because life drug you through the mud first. Oh, baby, there's still some days I'll wake up. I'm like, I got this. And the other days I'm like, what is happening? <laughs> I don't have this. <laughs> like, I'm not well. <laughs> but at the end of the day, it, I will never ever take back and i am fully grateful i'm not happy it happened i'm grateful yeah because it taught me so much about myself how i process things how i needed to talk to my therapist how i need to check in how i needed to make sure so i know what i need to do because now when i start going down that road i see it yeah i know who to call i know what to do yeah. you so. know what your tools are now it's not that you won't experience these things and you won't encounter these tumultuous times. It's that when you do, you're not a baby in the game anymore. You know, you can recognize these things. Like, oh, no, I've seen you before. I know I need to insert this coping skill. Right here. Yeah. As opposed to the negative ones that we are naturally conditioned to believe are our skills, right? Like the, the drinking, smoking. And I'm not saying don't do those things, but when you rely on them to get you through moments, then now all of a sudden it's problematic. You know, Correct. It becomes an issue for you. And so once you've hit those lows, you've done the work, 
it's not to say that you won't experience these things anymore. It is to say that you know how to experience them a little better. Oh, absolutely. And I think what you said is perfect because at the beginning of this year, I wasn't drinking. Mm-hmm. It was a personal choice. I was like, I just need to take a moment. And then I decided all this year, when I drink, it will be in full effect. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to sit here like I used to and pop open a bottle every day. Right. No matter who was here, I was drinking. Now, a friend comes over, I'm going to have a drink with you. You want to go out and have a drink? Cool. But I'm not just going to sit here and drink because, oh, my God, I had a rough day. I'm going to drink. Oh, my God, I had a good day. I'm going to drink. Oh, my God, something minor happened. You pissed me off on the road. I'm going to drink. And I want to pause and make a note about how alcohol and different substances interact with your brain, right? Because a lot of times people don't too much understand what you're doing, right? Correct. So a lot of people will start drinking when they're sad, not knowing that alcohol is a depressant. And so what you're doing is you're taking your sadness and you are adding more sadness by way of a substance to it. Right. And so it's not making you feel better. In any way, <laughs> shape, or form. It's not actually helping you. It's worsening the problem. That's what I'm like. Do y'all not realize, you know those emotional drunks? Yeah. They start crying. Me. Mm-hmm. Um, it's because you haven't dealt with stuff. See, yeah. but that sort of thing. I'm going to yeah. be honest. I'm going to keep it yeah, real. Go ahead. Go ahead. <laughs> I'm an emotional drunk. Mm-hmm. I used to be. You're not fun, friend. Mm-mm. I wasn't fun, friend. There were, I would start fun, but there would come. And then a, you went downhill. Halfway through the night, I'm crying about something. Not halfway through the bottom. Ask, if y'all ever meet my co-founder, ask her the first time I ever went to her house. <laughs> Just ask her the story. <laughs> if she tells you, I'll kill her. But because she signed an NDA. Ooh. But Is ask that her bad? the story. Oh, baby. Baby, we're not gonna live that humble, open, and transparent on these streets. But just know, it was a moment. <laughs> okay. And honestly, I don't understand how she didn't run for the hills. <laughs> how she wasn't like this guy's crazy. I Unconditional love will do that. It'll keep but you baby, there. <laughs> I appreciate her for that. But like seriously, like I will start one of the most fun people in the world, and then it was like something popped into my brain and I'm crying on your floor. Well, because your inhibitions have been lowered, right? So mm-hmm. the defense mechanisms that you did have are now on the floor. And so you're exposed. Like, you were in the streets open, like, Hello. naked. So yeah, you're going to cry. <laughs> Everything's about to come out that you thought you were using your alcohol to cope with. Correct. You thought you were using the alcohol to help you get through these things. Mm-hmm. But really, it just kind of parted the sea for those things to flow. And baby, do they flow? And they flow. <laughs> they gonna come. They flow so hard. They gonna flow. And like, and then everybody's like, well, "Where did this come from?" Oh, it's been. It's behind. been in you. It's literally <laughs> in there. Mm-hmm. It just needed a little help. Those levees broke. And you brought it, it on pfft. out. Yep. And oh gosh, I cannot. Oh. And the thing about it is, what I don't know if y'all remember this, but one of the first things I said when we started the nonprofit, I said, "I don't want us ever not to be who we are." We help a lot of people who deal with chemical dependency, alcohol abuse, things like that. But the thing about it is, as professional, this is not our job to control what we do to around you. Mm-hmm. It's your job, right, to recognize that you have that problem. So if you know that as an organization we have mental health with emotions, you know that's not an event you can come to and speak at. Right. But hey, join us at skate night. Yeah. Join us for our yoga sessions, but mental health, mental wealth with mimosas is not your team. Please sit in the back for this one. Yeah, you know, I think it's really important for us to, as an organization, to continue to create outlets and spaces in which people can come and experience life in a healthy manner. Correct. Um, And for some, 
that isn't going to be tainted with alcohol. But for others, it can turn into a disaster. Correct. And so that's what knowing your triggers is for, right? Knowing the things that are going to be problematic for you over time mm-hmm. um, or being able to identify those things in a situation, right? Because sometimes we get into shit and we think we're good and then we turn out to not be good. That part. And I that's thought I o- could handle this. Yeah, 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 I thought I could handle this. And that's okay, too. Uh-huh, But, definitely. you know, that's what the, the whole therapy process is for and the, the support of mental health professionals is for so that they can help you to identify, like, okay, now I'm in a situation where I'm in a little too deep. Mm-hmm. Let me coping skill my ass up out of here. You know? Like, <laughs> let me. Oh, my God. I'm going to start telling. You better start coping, coping skilling skill your, your ass, ass up, up out, out of here. here. Like, you know? And, and, that's, and that's okay, right? Like. Again, with healing, it is continuous, and you're going to continue to encounter situations that may look like your past issues that you are learning to cope with, and they may not look like your past issues. They may have on a cute little dress, but they still the same past issues. Um, and so that's they dressed up. You know, they put on makeup. They put on makeup. They got done up. But (laughs) but it's important for you to go through that process and understand that as you're healing, you're gonna continue to run into these things, and that's okay. Just keep your toolbox full. Yes, yes. And I think one of the main things, two things that I've always taken from you. One, you can only meet people as far as they let themselves. I I will literally say that daily to people that you can only meet people as far as they let themselves and two that this is a renewal of the mind it's a constant Constant. renewal of the mind and i think that's one in our first meeting if i'm correct that's one of the first things you said Mm -hmm. you were like i one of the things i want to emphasize is the fact that this is not just a one-stop shop you don't stop and be like oh i've been going to therapy and after six good sessions and some valium and some you know anxiety meds I'm, i'm i'm done and then those demons pop back up, and you're like, oh, Lord, what just happened? What is this? I thought I was healed. I went to therapy. Went. Went. Therapy was helping me. Because now you've experienced new things mm-hmm. that touched other things that we never touched on in that therapy session. Because you only did six. Baby, because you only did six. And I'm going to let y'all know six is nothing. So <laughs> when y'all's cute little jobs offer those six, we love your jobs. We appreciate it's your gonna job. It's going to knock the edge off. It's going to start, but it's only. But y'all remember the, the uh, iceberg and Titanic? Mm-hmm. 10%, mm-hmm. 90% underneath. Baby, that 90% is still yeah. sitting under there, I promise. Yeah. So it's cute that they do that, and we say thank you to we those We appreciate jobs. that. We definitely appreciate it. But continue. Are, yes, there are a lot of jobs who are getting into that. We want to offer you these three free therapies, and that's great. Or the six through your EAP program. But, um, no, you got to keep going, baby. Keep going. Get, I promise it's worth it. Mm-hmm. And like, like you said, like sometimes I'm going to sit up and kiki with my therapist yeah. and be like, yeah, today was a great day, actually. This happened, and I was able to over, overcome, blah, blah, blah. And other days I'm literally sitting on the couch, not running down my nose, right. full face tears. And even in those days, people call me like, wow, therapy, it was great. It was great. It was great. Broke some walls. Oh, I broke so many walls. Listen. Like, I just started, like, and they're like, oh, well, that's good. I'm like, yeah, you, like, made me cry. And they're like, wait, what? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, the he, sessions he, that clients have reflected on and felt the most beat up in were the ones where the most work was done. If you um, always kick in. What we what we talking about? What we were like, talking what are about. we getting into? You know, Correct. it's cute. It's fun. But you just paid me for this session for you to laugh and you to vent. Um, and you can vent with your homegirls, right? That's why I always on my social media am like, your friends are not your therapist. 
Say it again. Your f- <clears throat> your friends are not your therapists. Your significant others. Your are. partners are not your therapists. Your burdens, your traumas are nobody's weight to carry. And it's not fair um, for you to expect them, right? Because we have this spirit of expectancy. Like, how dare you not show up for me? And how dare you not check on me? Come on. And it's really not their duty, right? Your trauma is nobody's fault, but your healing is, like, definitely your responsibility. Mm -hmm. And so when you go to these different spaces with these different people, sure, you can vent with them. You can kiki with them. You can drink with them smoke with them hang with them but if you're wanting to do work it happens outside of the relationships that you already exist in you know outside of your romantic relationships outside of your friendships you know those happen in the therapy room with a mental health professional to really help you look at yourself to really hold up a mirror for you and that's when it's not and the tears come and let's also say this your therapist Mm -hmm. cannot be your friends Stop that. If you have a friend that is a licensed professional, stop calling them, expecting them to divulge all the information they just went to school for the past four years Mm -hmm. for free to you. Um, Number one, that's a conflict of interest. Ethically, we can't even do that. Ethically, (laughs) literally. Ethically, we are not allowed to. So stop calling your friends to get this free service. No, baby, you need to go see somebody who do not know anything about you and give you a clear picture because at the end of the day, we're going to have a little bias because we do love you and you are a part of yeah. our lives and we want a certain thing for you. So whether we want to or not, our our professional vision will be blurred just a little and ethics knows that. And I want to be clear on that, right? Because a lot of times people think like that is something that um, something that we put in play, right? Correct. But the thing is like it's, it's bigger than us it's Mm -hmm. uh, from the board yes but also we don't want to be biased right correct if my homegirls who have been dealing with the same drama and the same dude for over three four five years comes to me there's a potential for me to get frustrated with her because why you still doing that hello as a friend you know but a therapist is gonna sit with you in that mess and really get to the root of that problem right and so you need somebody that exists outside of your world and outside of your reality right. to come with you in this journey, to mm-hmm. work with you um, as you unfold and unravel the, the and get to the root of what the problem is. Mm-hmm. And so it's not like we're saying like, oh, I can't be your therapist because I'm your friend and, you know, I don't want to because we want to, right? Like yeah. I, would, I would love to be my friend's therapist, but yes. they need somebody outside of me. Right. You know, they need somebody who is not going to get frustrated with them or who doesn't have an emotional attachment, attachment. to their mm-hmm. situation. Right. Like I'm emotionally invested in my friends lives right. as a as a mental health professional. We have a duty to keep a level of separation so that we don't get invested mm-hmm. a certain way and so that we can be unbiased and helping you to navigate these situations. Absolutely. Absolutely. And that's what people do not realize is like. I have a mentor, and he mm-hmm. was my therapist years ago, mm-hmm. and he is a professional. And but now we have gotten so close, mm-hmm. like per- personally, like so close personally. His son, middle name is my middle name. Oh, love him to death. But the moment he reached that, he was like, "I'm no longer your therapist. I'm sending you to somebody else. I love you. You can come to my house for dinners now. You can whatever. I am no longer your therapist. We're gonna cut that line right here, right now." Yeah. And I see somebody else. I'll call him all day. He's a mentor. That's why I call him a mentor. Mm-hmm. 
is a good friend who's a mentor. Mm. My therapist is my therapist. Facts. You have to keep that separation. It's really important. And I want y'all to notice that as professionals, I continue to say my therapist because I still go to therapy. I'm still dealing. I'm still healing. And I'm not going to sit here and act like I'm not. I'm not going to sit here and act like I have it all together. So when you walk in expecting your therapist to fix you and have your answers, please, let's lower your expectations, first of all. Yeah, because therapists, we don't fix people, Hello? right? Um, therapists help you to arrive in a place in which you can work on yourself. Like Correct. You can do these things yourself, and you're capable of them outside of therapy, right? Most people only see their therapist once a week. Correct. A lot of people only see their therapist once every couple weeks. So what are you doing those other six to 13 days, right? What's that? What are you, wh- what's going on there, right. right? If I'm fixing you, the only time you're functional is when you're with me. And so the goal is for us to get you to a place in which you can do these things yourself. You can operate on your own, right? Mm-hmm. That's the goal, right? So we're not fixing nothing. <laughs> we ain't fixing not nothing. Fixing. We're not fixing nothing, mainly because you're not broken. Let's Hello. start there. Hello. Let's start there. You're not broken. You're not broken. Come on you're now. You're just learning your skills. Come so on love yourself now. a little bit harder and realize that you're not broken. So therefore, you don't have to be fixed. You said love yourself. Mm. We're just going to slide right into that one because you mm-hmm. said it. I said that. You know, we're going to ride that wave right over there. <laughs> Self-love. Mm. Something I think, no, I know, we all struggle with. For At sure. a point in time, I don't care how confident you are, you're going to look at yourself one day and go like, oh, I don't fucking suck. Yeah. But I think what's important is what separates those people who are still confident and can move past that and what separates those people who start developing mm. body dysmorphia and things mm, like yeah. that. They start tearing themselves apart because mm-hmm. they're not good enough and they don't look like this and they don't feel like this. And mm-hmm. This person has it all together when they really know that person is literally struggling with the same thing. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So with that being said, like, what is your... What's the main thing you would tell somebody right now who's dealing with trying to find self-love, that confidence, that power? Yeah. Um, go to therapy. Hello, first <laughs> and foremost. Right, but everyone's not ready for therapy. Um, again, a lot of people are not prepared to do the work, and that's okay, too. Because, again, we have to meet you where you are. Facts. That's what we're going to do here. So if this is something that you want to work on um, – and you're not quite ready to dive into therapy and dive into why you are where you are um, as far as your self-love, then let's begin practicing a couple of you know minor things that can change how you feel about yourself. Um, one thing that I like to harp on pretty strongly is gratitude, right? So what we do as beings is we focus so heavily on the negatives, the things we don't like, the places we aren't, mistakes um, we've made, the mistakes we've made, and before you know it, they're bigger and bigger and bigger, and you're drowning of a sea in a sea of negativity, right? And so, what I found to be the most helpful, and statistically has been the most helpful, is gratitude, practicing gratitude. And so, if you want something to get bigger, you focus on it, right? Correct. And so, manifest. manifest. If you want something to get bigger, you focus on it. And so when you focus on gratitude or the things that you appreciate about yourself, about your body, about your mind, about your skill set, those things begin to become more apparent to you in your everyday life. Right. Right? Mm -hmm. It's like saying, ooh, girl, my ass getting big. 
This gonna get big. This gonna get big. Hello, because <laughs> you gonna start wanting to work on you it. You gonna start you exactly, that. exactly. And you know, manifestation. A lot of people glamorize manifestation. Like, okay, I'm just gonna say it to the universe, and it's gonna and it's gonna, and it's gonna in front of me. Boop. You gotta do the work. But the thing is, right? Like, manifestation is something that doesn't work unless you do. But in order for you to get to that place of work, you gotta kind of start spitting it out to the air. Right. So it's like they kind of fold into each other. Right. Um, and so manifesting like, wow, I really appreciate how my how my body shows up for me every day. Next steps is you really like, OK, like I appreciate this little body. Let me put the right food in it. I appreciate this little body. Let me just walk. You know, let me park a couple cars back Girl. as opposed to like right at the door. Let me put you that know? dress on that makes me feel. Let me put that dress on. Come on. Let me put that dress on that makes me look good. And before you know it, like you are feeling yourself, you know, mm. because you focused on all the things that you do love. Yes. The things that you don't too much care for, mm-hmm. or it's not that they've gone away, but your focus has shifted from those things, and you've inherently started working on bettering those things. Right. Another thing is, and this is it's along the same lines, but watching how you talk to yourself, we talk to ourselves so negatively. And I believe it has a lot to do with like us comparing ourselves to others and social media and all these other things. And a lot of times people often think that when you talk to yourself harshly, it makes you work harder. But in reality, it just makes you feel worse. Absolutely. It just makes you feel worse. Correct. And so encourage yourself, you know, like give yourself props for what you have done and what you are doing. Right. Speak life into yourself as opposed to, man, I suck at this. I ain't going to never be better at that. Like shift that word to I'm working on it. I'm getting better at this every day. If I just put my little bit of efforts in, I'm going to get better. Because I did that with you once, and you immediately was like, uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. that's not what we're doing. Uh-uh. <laughs> that's not doing that. Uh-uh, we ain't doing that. Mm. And remembering manifestation works both ways. Mm-hmm. If you're constantly looking for the negative and everything's always going wrong in your life. You won't find yes, it. It's gonna fi- you're going to find it, and it's going to find you. Facts. Because that's what you're looking for. Mm-hmm. Oh, my God, everything's always so blah, blah, blah. That's what you're looking for. You're looking for that moment. Stuff. Even I have people in my life, stuff starts going great for them. I just know something to go wrong. It sure is. Yeah, because you just said that. And now you're going to be looking for that one thing to it go sure wrong. It sure is. And so then you're going to be driving and something's going to happen. Somebody's going to piss you off on the road. Now you're angry, so you're going to get home and that piss you off. Now you've had a whole bad day and you're going to carry it on. Mm-hmm. I knew it was going to go bad. Well, you didn't have to let you that affect you. You definitely made it bad. <laughs> you did not have to let that affect you. You could have been like, all right, let me move on because that's not even that deep. Right. Kitty pool. Come on now. Mm-hmm. We are in shallow waters and you are making it seem like you're drowning. It is not that deep, y'all. And another thing. <laughs> Come on. <laughs> when you're having a bad moment, mm-hmm. you have the power to decide if that's going to be a bad day or not, right? So did you, like, actually have a bad day? Or did, like, your boss piss you off at lunch and you just drug it through to Everybody. the house with you and with every encounter you had? Now your mama didn't piss you off, your boyfriend didn't piss you off, your kids pissing you off because your boss made you mad and you had a bad day. Bad day, right? So again, this is you taking back your power, right? Like, don't allow these minor moments and minor things to become big. You have the control over that, right? One of my favorite sayings is, whether you can or can't, you're right. Right? So if yes. you say you can't, you're right. If you say you can, you're also right. So which, which one? Which which side of the what pool are we going to be on, right? Like... <laughs> That's that's what for me. Those are some of the the biggest things to do to catapult yourself into a place of self love, and in improving and increasing your confidence and your belief in yourself. Right. 
watch how you talk to yourself practice more gratitude and appreciation for where you are and what you do have and don't allow a little thing to be a big thing come on now all right so here we gonna segue just on a little bit Mm -hmm. you know i want you to define mental health versus mental illness Ooh, you know that's my favorite that's why i hit you with it so a lot of times people don't too much know the difference Mm -hmm. right so mental illness is actually categorized by a disorder or a um an illness right like that is the i guess the negative side of the coin Mm -hmm. where you are actively in anxiety you're actively in your addiction your depression you you know you're in a a manic episode or you're Mm -hmm. in a you know you're in you're you're active in your disorder or the negative or the illness Mm -hmm. um mental health is the maintenance right maintenance of the mind maintenance right mental health is the maintenance of your mind it is how you protect yourself from sliding into the mental illness right it is how you are maintaining and upkeeping the positives and the healthy aspects of your life right right? um mental health is the vitamin that's you know you know that's where i was gonna go with that's your vitamins right when you take vitamins it's an everyday thing it's a preventative measure Mm -hmm. um when you're sick when you have an illness you need some heavy lifting, right? Mm-hmm. You may need um, some medicine. You may need some more intensive therapy. But your mental health in, and your, your vitamin is something that you're taking to keep you from getting there. Or once you've come out of that place, right. you're maintaining <laughs> yes. your mental health through these different coping skills, through these exercises that you're doing whether it's mental or physical and please remember that mind and body are connected right and so what you're doing for your body is to what you're doing for your mind correct right so like the food that you put in your body affects your mind right the activities or lack of activity that you do within your body affects your mind and so all of those are maintenance that and that's that's mental health right? right the upkeep a mental illness is when you've slipped into the slippery slope of needing (laughs) some more support correct yes and see i think that's what people don't understand is like when you're doing that maintenance that's when those coping skills come in that's when we tell you journal you know take a walk listen to music but more than that like i want y'all to understand those are all great and so good for you i love journaling i started last year at the end of last year Mm -hmm. when i was in my depressive state and i journal now i try to every night and if i don't I'll go through a couple days, but I'll catch up. Mm-hmm. Hey, last couple days been kind of crazy. Mm-hmm. Let me catch up, blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. And I date and timestamp it. Absolutely. So I can go back and be like, on this day, what was I doing? Oh, at this time, ooh, mm-hmm. ooh, ooh that was bad. Mm. That was not well. Yeah. But now, two days later, I was very, I was definitely intoxicated. Yeah. What's going on? Right what was Let's helping read. me? What was working with me? Let's read. Yeah. Boom. Now you have something to go back to. Mm-hmm. I take walks. I dance. I'm still a dance teacher. That is a whole release. I have a whole program through that. Right. You know, there are numerous things. Some people do fitness. Mm -hmm. Some people, we all have our things. Mm -hmm. Those things are great. But also remembering that you have to take more steps sometimes. Sometimes that's not enough. For me, uh, that's not enough. I still need my therapy. I'm I'm not there yet to get, I, we have been talking about like lessening my days. I go yeah. once a week and mm-hmm. he, he's going to be like, bi-weekly. Right. Yeah. yeah. He's like, let's start to like maybe do bi-weekly. I feel like you're at a good point. You come in and you recognize a lot of things. Yeah. And he's like, I'm not, 
saying a lot to you. You're saying it, you're recognizing it, and you're yeah, processing. On, yeah. He was like, let's start doing bi-weekly. And I'm like, okay, I'll be okay with mm-hmm. that. So And you can always go back to, to weekly, weekly as you if need. I need. And yeah. that's what he was saying. We could always switch it back. Don't get scared because immediately I was like, uh-uh, I like this. I like yeah. my chain. Don't yeah. do that. <laughs> and he was like, dude, calm down. You're okay. You're okay. <laughs> but I definitely love that. Um, I love the coping mechanism and coping skills, but y'all have to remember maintenance of the mind sometimes requires a little mm-hmm. bit more maintenance. Facts, facts. And just, just your average... Let me call the home girl. Yeah, the because home girl coping skills are not therapy. Yes, and that's what a lot of people get confused by. Is like, I'm gonna go play basketball. That's my therapy. I'm a, that's I'm, my outlet. I'm, I'm gonna go, hit a punch I'm gonna go bag. dance. That's my therapy. No, these are your coping skills. And sometimes you need therapy to get to the root. Coping skill just meets the problem where it is. Right. Um, therapy is gonna get get dig up under there Let's and start get digging. to the roots. Yeah. Correct. So wow. notice the difference and understand that they are both po- important. They work really well together. Um, therapy gives you coping skills, mm-hmm. um, but coping skills are not your therapy. Um, therapy is gonna meet that mental illness head on. Um, coping hey, skills <laughs> is what you're utilizing within your mental health, and that's in your maintenance. Uh, so. And again, we want to reiterate the fact that some people are not ready, and it is okay. It's fine. We want you guys to know that it is okay if you're not ready for that, yeah. and recognizing that it's still a great step. Yeah. I Even being able to, to recognize that. that you're not ready is good. You Correct. know, like knowing that, like, okay, I have problems. I have some things I need to work on, but maybe I'm not ready to let go of them, right? Because a lot of times your trauma and your pain validates you. All right. Um, whole nother story. Whole nother story. Because that <laughs> we we can really dive we in, but we're not gonna we go dig. in. But guess but what? It's okay. It's okay to know we'll that you're there. not ready. That's that's a major stepping point, and even getting you closer to being in therapy is saying like, listen, I respect that. I'm not ready to do that work yet. And that's going to save you some time. That's going to save a therapist some time. Like, that's going to save a lot of people. Because when you are ready, then you'll know, like, I'm ready. I'm here to do this work now. I adore you. I love you. You guys, the sun is setting here on the island, Mm -hmm. as always. First, we just want to say thank you guys for joining us. Thank you, Tyler. It's always amazing to see you catch up and, you know, get a little red while I do it. Little shake on them. <laughs> if you guys want to find anything about Tyler, all her links will be in our descriptions and our bios. Also, her company is will be linked to our website by the time you're listening to this. So For sure. we're getting that on there because that will be one of our main resources. And she is one of our main resources. She is one of our main LPCs. We have. LMFW's LPCs on our team, but she is probably our main one. And once we get a team, she'll probably be my lead because she has been my everything. And again, I just want to thank you for believing in us. Absolutely. And, you know, what is something you want people to take home today? Ooh. I think in lieu of all of the suicide awareness that's happening and the lives that are being lost to suicide i want everybody to know that like there's help um you have options there are professionals here to support you run to us run you know we are here with open arms our arms are open our arms are open when you don't feel like you have any options you don't feel like you have any outlets yes you do one more you know one more space um, one more effort, just run to us. 
we're there we're looking for you we want to have you we we want to have you we want to help you we want you to live a better more fulfilling life um social media is just a highlight reel everybody's going through something everybody everybody we do mean everybody everybody's going through something we all go through it at the same time we all go through it together um, and so sometimes checking on your friends, they're not going to say anything. Like, oh, I'm, I'm fine. I'm good. I'll be okay. One of my favorite things when I'm going through is to say, if somebody asks, are you okay? I'll say, I will be. But that's as deep as it's going to get. Is that what I, is it, are you who I got that from? Probably. Because <laughs> I do that. My friends are like, hey, you good? I'm like, I will, I will be. be. That's as deep as it's going to get. Right, that is, that is my red flag. And so sometimes checking on your friends, you'll never be able to see the signs. And so if you've lost a friend to suicide, if you have a friend that's going through something and you don't recognize it, it's not your fault. People who are going through things master hiding them. Correct. We're great at it. And Miss so don't, America. So, great at it. So don't think that it's your fault or, you know, why didn't you see the signs? The only thing you're responsible for is making sure people know where the resources are. Hello. And so, that's what we are here for. That's it. Resources, 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 resources. If you are a person who has a social media platform, every now and then just throw some resources. Repost a, a mental health page, you know. Follow a couple. Follow like. a couple so that, you know, if in the event you do recognize somebody with some signs, you can point them to the professionals. Right. And if you are a person who's struggling, we're here for you. So that's it. That's and what I, I want you guys to remember a couple things from us. Number one, we don't care where you get the message from. Just get it. Literally. It doesn't have to be from us. It, it does matter. not. You do not have to get resources and get help directly from us. We don't care. Nope. We want you to be better. We want you to heal. If we're not fit for you, we, we can you direct you to somebody else. Correct. We want you to be healing. We don't want you to be healed because you ain't ever going to be healed. Healing. We want you to be healing. Um, another thing to remember a couple of our cultural codes. Number one, relationship. We belong together. We mm-hmm. are a race that we belong together. We seek human connection. Mm-hmm. It's only human and love. We love first. Here at the More Than Mental Project, I can't speak for anybody else, but here mm-hmm. we love first. You come to us, we love you. We we appreciate you. We're glad you're here, and we want you to be a part of whatever we're doing. And I want you guys to always remember that. And as always, I want you guys, question of the day, to sit with this. Today's question is, I want you guys to ask and list three things you absolutely love about yourself. Mm. Just list three things. And reminder, give yourself the love you so freely give others. Yeah. You're so quickly to give that love out. But what about for you? Mm-hmm. What about that pat on your back? You're always supporting her, but what about you? Yeah. So again, we just want to say thank you to Tyler. Yes, and this, me. you guys, is our season finale. Ooh, we've not already, closing the show. We've already wrapped <laughs> up our first season here on the <laughs> island, y'all. Yes. We did it. And I just want to say a special thank you to my entire team, my executive producer and mm. chief operating officer, Jake, mm-hmm. my amazing co-founder and photographer, Karina, mm-hmm. our new residential photographer, Courtney, mm-hmm. our administrative director, Mariah, obviously our LPC, Tyler, and so many others who have came and made this organization what it is you guys i'm so happy i'm so proud Mm -hmm. i'm so excited to call you guys not only friends families co-workers but so much more i adore you guys Mm -hmm. and thank you and we will see you guys 
next time. We don't know when that is quite Whenever, yet. Whenever, Bondi Island. But we will be back on the island very soon. Yeah. <laughs> Goodness. I just wanted to give one more special thank you to all of our listeners of season one of the island podcast and also give a special thank you to our ceo ramiz heron without him this project wouldn't be happening we wouldn't be doing the things that we're doing and we're very thankful for him all of his ideas and all the hard work that he has put in leading up to where we're at and all of the things that we are doing once again thank you for joining us on season one of the island and we will see you next season.